Continuing in our series on the miracles and parables of Jesus, and our desire is, is that we would see Jesus through the miracles, that we would see Jesus through his parables, we would see his character, see his nature. So let's look at Mark 1 and see Jesus as he interacts with the leper. Mark 1, verse 40 through 45. This is God's holy, inspired word. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for showing us through these glimpses of your son, your character, your nature. Thank you for showing us through these glimpses of the miracles that your son worked, who Jesus is and what he came to do. God, I pray that we might see you And that, Lord, we may also see what you intend to teach us from your word this morning. God, all of us are weak, all of us are feeble, all of us are are to some degree blind on our own. But Jesus, thank you that you were the one who came to open up blind eyes, who came to open up deaf ears, who came to heal hardened hearts. And so, Jesus, we, we pray that you would do that this morning. You would open up our blind eyes. You would, you would open up our hearts to you, that you would heal our hardened hearts, Lord. We would become dull, Lord. God, I pray for the gift of your grace this morning that make, to make us alive. God, give us your Holy Spirit to enlighten us. Give me your Holy Spirit, I pray, this morning as I preach. May I preach your words, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we're working our way through the miracles and parables of Jesus, our desire is, is not just to be wowed by the miracles, but it's to actually see Jesus. You see, in Jesus' day, when Jesus performed the miracles, one of the problems was they didn't see past the miracle to who Jesus was. They just saw Jesus as a means to get what they wanted or what they thought they really needed. They saw Jesus as a means to accomplish what they thought was their their greatest need. And they failed sometimes to see what their greatest need was and what Jesus was really doing in the miracles and in his parables as well. I hope that this morning we would see who Jesus really is. And we would see this, that in, in the book of Mark at least, his, his miracles are, are meant to, to teach us something. They're not just meant to be, bless you. They're not just meant to be signs, but they're meant to be signs that point to something. You see, John, 
refers to the miracles of Jesus as signs or indicators to point to something. Mark actually has more miracles of Jesus than he has teaching about Jesus. Why is that? Because I believe it's because we're meant to see Jesus' character and nature through his miracles. Unfortunately, in that day, people didn't. They came to Jesus thinking that what they really needed was their physical external healing instead of seeing that, that what they needed was spiritual healing. What they saw was they wanted food because they were hungry and what they didn't see is that Jesus himself is the bread of life and you can see so many different examples of that. The blind came to Jesus not realizing that what they really needed was him to open up their spiritual blindness. And what I hope we see in this parable of the leper is that it has a deeper spiritual lesson. Yes, he did heal somebody with actual leprosy. But I believe Mark has us to see that there's something deeper going on here, that there is a a spiritual aspect to this as well, that, that all those who have spiritual leprosy, if you will, can come to Jesus and be found clean. The question for us is, who do you see Jesus as? Do you really see Jesus for who he is, or do you just look at him to, to fulfill your dreams, to give you what you want? Maybe you think that what you really need is the American dream to have, you know, 2.5 kids, a dog, a three-bedroom house, a picket fence, and a, and a big yard with shade trees. Maybe, maybe that's how you look to Jesus, to give you health, maybe. Maybe you think that your greatest need is physical well-being. Maybe you think that your greatest need is that your relationships with other people here are healed. You know, that's how people came to Jesus this morning. The question that we need to ask ourselves is, how do we come to Jesus? Do we come to him looking for him to make us clean? Or do we come to him just looking to meet what we think is our greatest needs? You know, the story of the leper, it's, it's meant to highlight something three times in this very short passage. And if you take away verses 43, 44, and 45, really four times total in, in verse 40 to 43, there is the word clean and cleansing. It's meant to, to emphasize something that this miracle is meant to point to, A, our need to be clean, and then Jesus' ability to make clean as well. And so the opening scene, in fact, it shows us this story of the man who needs to be made clean. It shows us this leper who has a dire condition, and he comes to Jesus at the very beginning. Mark immediately starts in with this leper's cry, this, this leper's plea, and he uses some language. And so what we see here, we see in the very first part of the passage is the lepers crying out to Jesus. And we see that Jesus hears the lepers cry. Mark writes, a leper came to him. First of all, that would have been shocking. That would have been shocking if you were living in that day. A leper came to him. They weren't allowed to do that. They weren't supposed to do that. They weren't supposed to come near. And yet a leper came to him. And then it says that the leper was imploring him, kneeling And the the implication is they're kneeling at his feet, kneeling right in front of Jesus. A leper was desperate. He was imploring him. He was begging to him. He He was crying out to Jesus. And he said, if you will, you can make me clean. We see it was a desperate cry. It was a humble cry. At the same time, it was a cry full of faith, wasn't it? He was desperate. He had leprosy. He was humble, he came and fell at Jesus' feet, and yet it was a faith-filled cry 
to Jesus. He says, if you will. The question is not, Jesus, whether or not you're able to heal. The question is only, do you want to heal me? Because if you will, you can make me clean. But I think to understand the the leper's cry, we have to go back and understand the problem that the man with leprosy faced. You see, today, we kind of live in this really sanitized world. You know, there's a a comedian named Tim Hawkins, and um, he talks about using hand sanitizer and and how a lot of churches have hand sanitizer when you first walk in the doors. And so the greeters, like, use hand sanitizer, and they welcome you, and then they're kind of rubbing down with hand sanitizer everywhere. And we have this kind of obsession with being clean and being sanitary. And some people here are really freaked out by people getting sick. And there's, there's this desire to always be clean and always be tidy, always looking clean on the outside, always being clean and, and avoiding illnesses. And, and that's good. That can have some positive effect. We can carry it overboard too, by the way. But um, the effect can be that, you know, we don't spread disease and illness as easily in this country. We're we don't experience as many debilitating diseases as they would have back in that day and in and what some people refer to as uh, the, the third world or countries that um, don't have access to medical care. So we don't know what leprosy looks like. We don't know what leprosy feels like. We probably don't know anyone with leprosy, even though I heard that... Um, it can be carried by armadillos. So if you live further south of here, you can apparently contract leprosy from them. So avoid them. But we can still get diseases like cancer or AIDS or heart disease or lung disease. But the problem is often you don't, they don't, people don't, with those diseases don't really look bad until they're almost ready to die. And so we're not really exposed to just how bad off a disease like leprosy was. But I think we need to understand that. We need to understand there's, there, it, it was a very dire, very dire disease. It wasn't sanitary. It wasn't clean. We wouldn't have enjoyed it in the, in the Western culture that we live in. We don't even like it when people smell around us, much less when people smell because their flesh is rotting. So can you imagine this man with leprosy comes up to Jesus, the pure one, the son of God, the, the one who is ultimately clean, whose, whose presence really in heaven bears no sin. And yet Jesus now come to earth has this sinful, leprous man in front of him. I want to just explain for a minute, I was doing a little research on leprosy and it can refer to a whole range of different skin diseases, but generally in the Bible, when they refer to leprosy, it, it normally means a disease that we refer to as Hansen's disease, and, and that it, it starts off with little blisters or bubbles on the face or on your hands and your arms, and then it goes all over the body, and then there's numbness, and then there's swelling, there's fatigue, there's muscle um, problems, there's, there's nerve in, nerve damage, there's all kinds of problems that happen in your body, there's weakness, Problem is, you don't know you have it until it's been a couple years. Once you get it, you start losing your eyebrows, your eyelashes. You lose the feelings in your fingers and your toes and your hands. You can bang your, your close your hand in the car door and not know it. And you could, you could try to take a lid off of a jar and strip the skin off your hands, not know that. You can, you can, you can damage your body excessively. Your body's open to all kinds of wounds. There's all kinds of problems that people with leprosy are susceptible to. And in that day, it was incurable. There was no known cure for it. Now we know that it's, it's probably caused by bacteria. 
And, and there's, there's treatment for it, but back then it was an untreatable, incurable disease. They would go from all the external signs and symptoms. They would then have chronic nasal problems. Eventually the nose could fall off, your ears could fall off. If not treated, kidney failure could follow. Your body could shut down. And the problem with leprosy, it was a very slow, very painful death. It could take anywhere from 5 to 20 years to die, to rot away from leprosy. You could actually be gnawed on by rats at night and have no idea. And that was a common problem. I mean, it grossed you out, but that's how gross this disease was. It was... It was a gross disease. And in the Bible, in the Old Testament, leprosy was always seen as more than just a physical problem. It was seen as a result of sin. In the Old Testament, leprosy was always an indicator that something bigger was wrong. And leprosy was actually a parable for, for sin itself. And so people who had leprosy, even though the disease may not have been worse than other diseases of the time, and the people would have died from all kinds of diseases back in that day. People who had leprosy were seen as unclean spiritually too. And so because of that, there was not just the physical aspects of the disease, there were social and spiritual aspects of the disease too. They didn't just struggle with this chronic disease that they, there was no cure for. And in fact, in the Old Testament, we only really see Jesus, or we only see God himself curing people with leprosy. Naaman, he was, he was cured by God as he goes down the water and comes back up again. Only God was the one who could cure leprosy. But in the law in Leviticus, it, it had some guidelines for people who had leprosy. In Leviticus 13, it says, in verse 44, it talks about a leprous man. It says, he is leprous man, he is unclean. The priest must pronounce him unclean. The leprous person who has the disease, here's, here's what you had to do. It says, shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So not only did you have this physical disease you were seen as spiritually unclean as well and not only were you spiritually clean you were ostracized and you were socially on the outside you had to live apart from God's people what does that mean you couldn't have any fellowship maybe you're in a in a place in life where you feel a little bit alone but you're surrounded by people or you don't feel like you can relate to people as much can you imagine if you were a leper and you really could not relate to anyone. If you had a family, but you were no longer allowed to be around them. If you had friends, but you couldn't talk to them or touch them. If you had to go outside of the city and live by yourself. If you had to wear torn clothes and everywhere you went. You know, if you had to venture into town to go to Publix, when you first came in the Publix door, you'd have to start yelling, unclean, unclean. You couldn't go in somebody's house because their house would become unclean. If you wanted to go downtown and look at Falls Park, you had to yell about it before you got there so that nobody would be near you and the whole crowds would part and scatter. Every aspect of social life would, would, would be taken away from you. And uncleanness, it wasn't just physically unclean, you were seen as spiritually unclean. You weren't allowed to go into the temple. 
You couldn't go into God's presence, the very place that you would have longed to be the most. You couldn't go. And all throughout the Old Testament, leprosy was seen as this indicator of the depth and depravity of a person's sin. And a leper was seen as the worst kind of sinner. Think for a moment about the worst kind of sinner you know. Unfortunately, I think most of us think of somebody else, right? Think about the the kind of person you don't want to be around. Think about people who bother you, who you think are just beyond help and hope. That's what everybody thought of the leper, but far worse. But I think that we're meant to identify in some way with this leper. We're not just meant to see, oh man, he was bad off. We're meant to see, wait a minute, if he was a sign or a symbol of of sin, of spiritual leprosy, then what does that say about us? What does that say about who we are? Do, Do we realize that we actually have a pervasive problem that's deeper than we know that we don't know right away when we have it. You know, a proud man doesn't know right away that he's proud and you might not know right away that you're sinning against your spouse or your friends. But all of us are spiritual lepers. We're all infected with this truly incurable disease of sin. We can't get rid of it on our own. I think Mark means us to see that. Jesus means us to see that. We can't get rid of it on our own. If unchecked, it only gets worse. We begin to stink. You know, the spiritual reality is we are, we are as bad off as this leper was. Do you see that? Do you know that? Do you experience that? We all have spiritual leprosy apart from being made clean by God. Romans 3 puts us this way. It says, none are righteous. No, not one. Another way of saying that, none are clean. None are clean. You're all unclean. You're all like this leper. All of us are unclean. None of us are clean. Not one. And here's the other problem. You don't even know you have a disease. He says, no one understands. You don't even understand that you're unclean. You have leprosy and you don't know it. No one understands. No one seeks for God. You're not even looking for the cure on your own. He says, all have turned aside. Together they become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Their throat, and it's the same kind of leprous language, their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their their feet are swift to shed blood and their paths are ruin and misery. What's that a picture of? It's It's a picture of our leprous condition. Ephesians 2 tells us, it says, and you as Colossians was read this morning, it says in Ephesians 2, and you were what? You were dead. You were the walking dead. You were like this man who was only a matter of time before he keeled over. In his body, he carried around death. It was just a matter of time. And Ephesians used that same kind of language. It says, and you were dead. You were walking around dead. You didn't even know it. You're walking around dead in the trespasses and sins in once, which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's a picture of walking around with leprosy. 
That's who we once were apart from Jesus. The question is, do you know that? Do you see that apart from Jesus, do you have incurable leprosy, that you're unclean, unclean? That you have no place in God's presence? That you have no right to come before him on your own? You know, are you, are you blind to sin? Are you numb to your sin like lepers would be numb to their illness? And are you thereby in more danger of decay? You see, you have to first understand your plight because of sin. A guy named Martin Lloyd-Jones, he was a preacher in the, in the last century, he says, unless you realize that you are a sinner, you cannot possibly have felt the need of Christ. You may have felt the need of help and advice and comfort, but until you awake to the fact that your nature itself is evil, until you realize the trouble is not that you do this and that which is wrong, but that you yourself are wrong, that your whole nature is wrong, until you realize that you will never have felt the need of a Savior. You will never have felt the need this leprous man felt. Going back to quote, he says, Christ cannot help or advise or comfort until he has first of all saved you, until he has changed your nature. Oh, my friends, have you felt this? God have mercy on you if you haven't. Do you know that you need Christ? Leprosy back then, it kept the, the person from approaching God's presence in the temple. And if you were unclean, you would be isolated. Can you just imagine the amount of despair and discouragement and loneliness this man must have felt? That's our plight, spiritually. You know, if, imagine today if when you contracted cancer, or kidney, or heart, or lung disease, or if you didn't just have to deal with the horrible news of your illness, but you, all of a sudden you were considered unclean and impure, and you couldn't see your family anymore. You couldn't see your friends. If everybody you knew kept their distance from you, can you imagine that? Imagine you had to leave your home and everybody you, you knew and go live by yourself. If, if no one could touch you or wanted to touch you, and they avoided you like the plague, imagine that you couldn't come to church, you couldn't be with God's people, you couldn't go to anybody's house again. Just how deeply pervasive the mental anguish would have been, the, the despair. That is our spiritual condition. Apart from Jesus Christ, there is just no hope. It's not that we need help. It's that we need to be made alive. We need the body of death to be removed from us. And it's fun, funny that the Bible never speaks really of healing leprosy, but it does speak of being cleansed from leprosy. And I think that's because it's, it's always meant to be seen as a symbol of the person needing to be made clean. And so if you were in this state, wouldn't you want to be clean? Do you see you're in that state now? Do you want to be clean now? Do you see that you need Jesus to deliver you? Well, Mark, he tells us, somehow that this man heard about Jesus and he knew that Jesus had the power to make him clean and so he comes before Jesus 
and he comes and kneels before Jesus and he postures himself humbly and he, in a place of submission and reverence, and he implores, this is a strong language for begging from the depth of his being. Have you ever been like that? Have you ever felt that way? Have you begged for Jesus to make you clean? problem is he was coming near to Jesus and he was violating the law but notice what he says he says something he says if you will you can make me clean he was desperate and he knew Jesus could make him clean but he wondered if he wanted to you know humanly speaking the disease couldn't be removed he knew Jesus could do it so it says something about who he knew Jesus to be but he didn't yet know if Jesus desired to heal, whether he wanted to heal. But what we see in this next scene is a, is a wonderful answer to that. We see the Lord's compassion. Let me put it another way. We see that Jesus responds to the leper's greatest need. And so notice that Jesus isn't revolted by this man. If you saw somebody, let's say that you were on the mission trip with folks in the Dominican Republic, and you had somebody walk up to you and, and their fingers were nubs and their flesh was rotting off and their face appeared to be melting and they had no hair and they smelled like rot and they were wearing tattered clothes and they came up to you, you might be tempted to back up. Just maybe. But in that day when they had leprosy and they weren't allowed to come near. But Jesus does something totally shocking. You would have been shocked if you were standing there. If you were Jesus' disciples, you would have been shocked because Jesus didn't back up. He didn't back away from the man. He didn't say, whoa, man, you got leprosy. That's, if I touch you, I can get that. Um, you're putting me in jeopardy. You're putting my whole ministry in jeopardy here. I'm going to be defiled by you. I'm going to be physically defiled by the disease, but I could also be spiritually defiled. Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't back up. He doesn't back away. He doesn't run away from the guy. He doesn't go away from him. He's not revolted by him. He's not angry with him. If somebody gave me leprosy or came up to me with leprosy, I might even be tempted to be like, what in the world? I don't want to get that. You know, like a lot of people here are with the cold. (laughs) But Jesus doesn't turn away from him being leprous and unclean. He doesn't say, do you know who I am? I'm the son of God. And yet you dare get in my presence. He doesn't tell the man he's gross. Rabbis in that day, they would brag about throwing stones at leprous people to keep them away so they could keep clean. There was teaching by the rabbis that you had to keep at least six feet away from a leprous man if you were upwind of him, and 150 feet to 400 feet somewhere in there was safe if you were downwind from a leprous person. Jesus wasn't that kind of rabbi. He's not revolted. He doesn't cast him out. Instead, it says he's moved with pity, and that, that word, it, it, it talks about this, this feeling from deep within his guts, because the gut was seen as the place of emotion, a place of where you were moved. And so that, that, the literal word is he was just moved in his guts. He, was, he had compassion. You ever felt like that? Where you just, your, your gut aches in compassion to somebody else? I hope you felt that way. Um, I saw a picture of a young boy, I think it was in Syria this week. We went around the internet and he was wounded and was kind of sitting there. And my initial gut response was, boy, that could be one of my kids. I was moved with compassion. Makes you want to do something. You want to, what can we do? 
Jesus was moved with compassion. And he didn't turn away. Just, just by being there, Jesus was making a statement and saying, your incurable disease is not too much for me. His incurable disease was no match for the great physician. No case was too difficult. Jesus was unimpressed with leprosy. He wasn't phased by it. And, and in something else to note is that in Luke's version, it says the man was full of leprosy. So he was to the extent where every part of his body was filled up with leprosy. And yet, he wasn't too far gone for Jesus. You know, maybe one of Jesus' disciples, you're like, hey, wait a minute, this can't be cured. There's no fingers here. There's no toes here. There's no hair. The guy's nose is gone. His ears are gone. You know, I think, I think spiritually we can feel that way as well sometimes. We can feel like, you know, I've sinned too much. You don't really understand. You don't really know what I've done. I've sinned too much, and Jesus can't heal me of my spiritual leprosy. It's too much for him to heal me. Maybe you believe that lie. Maybe you're believing that lie right now. I want you to see that your sin, your leprosy, is not too much for Christ. And maybe you're thinking, I just, I'm too dirty, I'm too unclean, I've done too much, I've seen too much, I've, my, I'm too numb. I don't even feel any emotion anymore, like the leper physically couldn't feel his limbs. Maybe you're at the place where your sin has so affected you, your heart has become so hard and stony that you don't even feel anymore. And you're like, I don't, I don't think Jesus can heal me because I don't even, I don't even feel bad about my sin anymore. I don't, I don't feel anything. Maybe you're believing that lie. Or maybe you're believing the other lie of the devil, that Jesus doesn't care. That he backs away from you, that he's revolted by you, that he doesn't like you, that you're far too ugly and far too gone for him, and that he wouldn't want to help you anyway. I think we're meant to see the compassion of Jesus as he does not look away. We're meant to see the compassion that Jesus has to this leper and know that he looks on all those with spiritual uncleanness with spiritual leprosy with the same compassion too he's moved with compassion to those who have leprosy physically and spiritually but his pity look look down your bibles it wasn't just limited to feeling empathy he didn't just say oh man i feel really bad for you (laughs) your leprosy is not going to make me sick but i'm really sorry you're all gone you know um, let's get something to eat and then let's just kind of make you feel better as you die. He doesn't just do that. He sees the effects of the ravages of sin in this man's body and he does something. We see the character of Jesus here. He's not disgusted by this man who's afflicted with weakness and sickness and sin. He He wants you and I to come to him when we are weak, when we are numb, when we are sick and full of sin. And this also reveals that he has compassion on those who society despises and marginalizes. Maybe you feel like you're on the outskirts and nobody likes you, nobody accepts you, and you can't relate to anyone. At least know that Jesus, he he bids you to come. He, he takes in those who are marginalized, those who are on the outskirts, those who are suffering physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. But it wasn't just pity and compassion either. Because if Jesus was just pitiful 
towards us, if he just had compassion towards us, but didn't do anything about it, then who cares? I need more than empathy. I need healing. I need to be made clean. And what we see here in the final portion of the story is we do see the leper's cure. Jesus makes the leper clean. And I want you to look down for a moment. There's two parts here. Look in verse 42. We're going we're to unpack this in a moment, but there's two parts there. Do you see the two parts in verse 42? There's two different things happening in verse 42. The first thing we see happening, it says immediately leprosy left him. He was physically healed. And then there's a word there, it's and. So the leprosy left him and he was made clean. This isn't just about the disease. The leprosy left him and Jesus made him clean. Jesus made him clean, acceptable in God's sight. And, and I want you to understand something. When Jesus stretches out his hand, it says, he moved with pity. Look in verse 41. It says, he stretched out his hand and touched him. That would have been a huge deal. You need to understand that. It was a social and cultural taboo because the ritual systems of the Jews, they demanded that, that no one should touch a leper. It was also a bold move because Jesus wasn't afraid of getting sick. You know, it was a bold move because touching somebody who was sick like that, could, you could get the sickness yourself. And he wasn't fearful of that. And he also wasn't fearful of being spiritually defiled because that was the other aspect of leprosy is that when somebody who had leprosy touched you, you weren't just physically sick, you were spiritually unclean as well. So it's astounding that Jesus, he says, he, he doesn't go away from the guy, he stretches out his hand and, and he touches the man. And he, he identifies with the man's sickness. He identifies with the man's sin. He touches the man in his sin. He takes on, if you will, the risk of the man's illness. He takes on the man's defilement and reaching out and touching the man. Think about it. He didn't have to do that, did he, right? He just, there's many cases in the New Testament where Jesus just spoke and people were healed. The centurion said, hey, you don't need to come to my house. Just, just say the word and... And she'll be healed. And Jesus spoke and she was healed. Jesus didn't need to touch him. Why did he? He had compassion on the man. He wanted to let the man know that he, he was willing to take on his defilement. He was willing to take on his uncleanness so that that man might be clean and undefiled. He was, he was showing compassion Meeting the man where he was, stretching out towards him. Do you see that Jesus does that with us? He doesn't just hear when we are leprous. He stretches out his hand and says, come here, come close. I want to touch you. I want to take on your defilement. I'm not afraid of being defiled by you. I want to make you clean. And so instead of the man making Jesus unclean, the clean Jesus makes the unclean man clean. That's what Jesus does for everybody who comes to him and asks, if, if you will make me clean. And touching the leper, Jesus identified with this man as condition personally. It would have been a sign that Jesus was identifying with this man's sin willingly. That would have spoken volumes. What a, what a beautiful picture of how Jesus 
He willingly identifies with our sins. And ultimately, we know now that he, he not only willingly identified with the man's sins who had, who had leprosy, it says he himself bore our sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we might be the righteousness, we might be made clean in Christ Jesus. He took our sins, it says, in, I love it, in his own body on the cross. He stretched out for us to take our sins. We see Jesus was willing to do this. He says he, he was willing to make the leper clean. He didn't just declare the leper clean. He didn't just say, you're clean. He said something important. He said, I will. He wasn't talking about what he was going to do. He was saying, I desire, I will. It's my will that you be made clean. It's my will, Jesus said, that you would be made clean. And you know what? Be clean. If you're a spiritual leper like me, apart from Christ, that is, you can be sure that Jesus wills to make you clean. Jesus desires to make all clean who come to him. I can only imagine how amazing those words would have sounded to that leper. Can you imagine? Put yourself in that leper's place just for a moment. I think we're meant to put ourselves in that place for a moment. Think of the absolute desperation, and he's crying out. He's imploring Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I will. <laughs> what good news. And then he says something else, be clean. And then he touches the man. And the man just would have experienced this amazing healing power. He probably hadn't felt a person's touch in years. And he would have felt Jesus' compassion and his mercy his kindness, his nearness, the warmth of his touch, not just physically, but spiritually. And then something astounding happens. He restores the man to wholeness. Can you imagine the hope that guy would have had? It says in verse 42, it says, and immediately. It means immediately, right? Immediately the leprosy left him. Immediately leprosy left him. Could you imagine that sight? Maybe you were Jesus' newly commissioned disciples and you were hanging with him and you'd see him heal some people already. You'd seen him cast out some demons already. But here's this guy with nubs, maybe no ears, maybe no nose. And, and then Jesus says, I will be clean. And then immediately this guy's got a face again. And his skin is made whole. And he's got fingers where there weren't. And he has toes and he's not lame, and he's strong, and he can walk, and he's got hair back. It would be incredible. Is that a good enough word? Astounding? Miraculous? Crazy? You wouldn't believe your eyes? That's the kind of transformation that Jesus does for all those who come to him needing and wanting to be clean. It's, you see, our being made clean is being made just in God's eyes. Being made righteous, being made clean in God's eyes. It's not something that, that takes a long time to happen. You might be feeling like, I've got to clean myself up. But that would be just as silly as the leper saying, I've got to grow my fingers back first to be acceptable to Jesus. 
That's like us trying to earn our own cleanness, our own righteousness before God. And Jesus says, no, you come to me because there's no other way, and I will do what no one else, nothing else can do. I will make you clean. And then you're immediately made whole. You're immediately, your spiritual leprosy leaves right away. Maybe you're feeling like you're still on this burden of sin. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he described that experience. He says, who will deliver me from this body of death? What is he talking about? He's talking about spiritual leprosy, this body of death that just seems to hang with us. And then he answers that question. He says, thanks be to Jesus Christ our Lord. There is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Immediately our spiritual leprosy for all who come to Jesus are made clean. Our being made clean, sanctified, our sanctification, to use a, a bigger biblical word, it's not something that we earn. Now, we walk out the process of being actually becoming who we already are in Christ Jesus. But in Christ Jesus, we are immediately set apart. We're immediately made clean. We're immediately made justified. We don't earn our justification. It's not gradual. It doesn't happen over time. He immediately declares us not sinful, no longer leprous sinfully. Isn't that astounding? Can you believe it? What's a good word for that? Is it incredible? Is it amazing? What, what, what words would we use to understand that he makes the leprous healed? This man's lesions, this man's whole body was healed. I can't imagine the sight, but that wasn't all. Look at the second half. It says, the leprosy left him and he was made clean. He was healed and made clean. He was made pure. He was made ritually acceptable. When we come to Jesus and we say, Jesus, only you can make me clean. Would you? I know you can. He says, I will. Be clean. Don't earn it. Be clean. This man not only had physical hope again, he had hope in every area of life. His life was restored. He could go back to his family and friends. He could, he could worship unhindered. He, he must have been so ecstatic. Can you imagine? In touching this man and healing him, making him clean, Jesus, what's it a picture of? It's undeserved grace and mercy on this man. He did nothing to earn it. He did nothing to accomplish it. That's what Jesus does for us. He has undeserved grace and mercy on us he doesn't just have compassion he reaches out towards us he makes us clean he gives us what we do not deserve and instead what happens it's an exchange he takes on himself what we deserve it's a very definition of god's grace god pouring out his undeserved favor on those who only deserve his wrath And then look in verse 43, something strange happens. This man's healed, and you think, this is really awesome. This guy's gonna go like be the best testimony for Jesus ever. And he kind of is, but not really. Um, In verse 43, it says, and Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anybody. What? But go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded. And listen, he says, for a proof to them. Jesus was more concerned with demonstrating who he was and his ability, his proving to the, the priest that he could make men clean 
And he, he didn't want people to get the idea that their greatest need was their physical illness. The words could be translated as a testimony against them, as proof for them or proof to them. His healing was to serve as evidence. And like in a courtroom, evidence of who Jesus is, the legitimacy of his message of the gospel, the kingdom of God. What we find earlier in Mark 1, it says that Jesus went about, his whole mission was to go about from town to town, preaching the good news of the kingdom of God, preaching repentance and belief in him. This man's healing, it was meant to serve as evidence that a new day had dawned, that Jesus had done what no one else had done in the past, that only God could do. Only God made lepers clean. Now Jesus had done that, and his healing was meant to point to who Jesus was, the reality of what Jesus alone can do, that Jesus is the only one who can make clean. And so he was sending it back to give proof to show that Jesus has the power to make clean from sins, to reconcile people back to full fellowship with God. And he didn't want... It should be clouded by people thinking that he came to do for them what they thought was their needs. You see, Jesus, when he makes clean, he makes free in regards to the law as well. So that's why he says, go in and present to them for your cleansing what Moses commanded. What he's saying is, I've, I've, I've completely fulfilled the law and show them the proof of that. Show them the proof of that. And if the priest had acknowledged that the man had been healed and failed to acknowledge Jesus through whom the healing came, then that man would serve as a testimony against the unbelief of the priests as well. And if you think about it, it seems strange. Why didn't Jesus want people to tell that man to tell him about him? Why wouldn't Jesus want everybody to know what he could do? Well, it, it seems because Jesus wanted to be able to freely proclaim the good news His mission was to go from town to town proclaiming the good news. That was more significant than the healing was the good news that the healing pointed to. Jesus knew if if this guy started talking, he wouldn't be able to go into the towns and carry out his mission going to every synagogue and preaching about the kingdom of God. And that's what we see happen. This guy, he he starts blabbing his mouth. And I mean, I, I get it, right? If you had all of a sudden all your body parts come back, wouldn't you just be like, thanks very much, but I'm telling everybody. It says in verse 45, he went out and began to talk freely about it to spread the news so that Jesus, here's the problem, could no longer openly enter a town but was out in the desolate places and people were coming to him from every corner. This man didn't obey Jesus. Instead, he went and spread the good news about what Jesus had done. And there was a problem because people would wrongly assume that Jesus came to, to primarily take care of their physical problems. And what the primary thing Jesus came to do was to take care of our spiritual uncleanness. That really, in one day, will result in all of our physical uncleanness be taken away as well. But that that physical healing that he brought was meant to point to his ultimate healing that he brings. You know, Jesus desires that all people, he wills that the unclean would come to him. Repent from living for themselves. Repent from living for their own way. Repent from living apart from him. And say, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I've got leprosy. I need to be made clean. Would you make me clean? He wants all people to come to cry out, to have that same leper's cry. I'm unclean. I implore you, Jesus, make me clean. And then fall at his feet and be made clean by his touch. 
You know, the man was excited by his physical healing, but I, I wonder if he understood the true healing that happened. You know, are we, do we look more for what Jesus can get for us or do for us? Are we more disappointed when we don't get our dreams in this life, when we don't experience the American dream, whatever that really is now? Are we more disappointed when we, when we continue on in physical illness? Do we miss the fact that Jesus came to, to heal our spiritual leprosy? The thing that no one else can do but him alone? Or do you see that Jesus came to take on himself all of your uncleanness? He came to carry on the cross to bear your sins. He, he came to so that the Father would turn his face away from him instead of you. You see, Jesus, instead of turning his face away from this man, he turned to the man and reached out. But he himself then, he became leprous. He became ugly. He became unclean. And so in the cross, it says that the Father, he turned his face away from the uncleanness of Jesus on the cross. And Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt all alone because God was punishing him for our spiritual leprosy. Here's the good news, though. Jesus says, I will be made clean. If you've cried out to him, this parable of, of the miracle of the healing of the man from leprosy, it, it's meant to show you just how Jesus transforms and has transformed you spiritually already so that you don't labor feeling like you still have spiritual leprosy. You're clean. If you've not come to him, this this miracle is meant for you to cry out and say, make me clean. But you don't have to wonder. You can know he wants to make clean. Jesus was declared unclean and punished that we might be made clean. I love the way Kent Hughes put it. He says, if, if you are aware that you have leprosy, then you're standing at the, the threshold of the kingdom and there is no reason not to take his hand. Because he feels, he feels it. He has compassion towards you. He, he will reach down and lay his hand on you and you will be healed from the leprosy of sin. And so the question is, will you humble yourself? Will you receive his cleansing power? And if you're a believer, wonder no longer. You've been made clean. Amen? Let's pray. And as we pray, I'll have the band go ahead and come up.